I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, all right, welcome to the Transplaining Podcast with me, Jordan Gray, with this accent, which shall continue for the rest of the podcast, in which I get asked a big and small question by an interesting person and attempt to provide an answer uh, to both big and small question, whether I have knowledge about that uh, answer or not. Joining us today on Transplaining is Chaser, Jenny, the Vixen, Ryan, what I've got a logo of on my t-shirt. It is primarily an audio medium, but there is cameras and Jenny's on my t-shirt right now. And helping me answer Jenny's questions is comedian and chum of mine, Alistair Beckett-King. Alistair, you're here right now. I am, yeah. Thanks for being here. Thank you thank you for dubbing me a chum. <laughs> I don't think I've ever been described as a chum before. Chum's it's, a nice word, especially nice. I feel nice like I should be wearing a boater. It's a lovely 1920s term of affection. This is where we get to sort of ingratiate ourselves with each other a bit more, because I don't know what a boater is. And now you can explain to me, <laughs> the little urchin that I am, what is well, a boater? Allow me to... <laughs> elucidate. I suppose I should transplain in the context of oh, the show, but goes. it might be a cisplanation. It's a straw. It's a little straw hat. It's like what the oh, uh, like, little, a, like little a little yeah, what a rake would wear in the nineteen twenties. The kind of guy who would take a girl out and uh, you know treat her like a, a fine. Cat. Yeah, oh, oh, I see. Oh no, 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 a rascal. So I don't really want a boater. No, no, no. No, it cast me in the wrong light to have a boater. Alice, I'm going to say some things about you now, if that's right, because I've written down on a piece of paper. And I think it'd be nice to, to say them. Yeah, go ahead. Because who am I to argue with a small piece it's of paper? On, it's on the paper. You got to say it. <laughs> Alistair is a multi-award winning comedian and. What's this? A children's novelist with some unusual <laughs> punctuation. That's an exclamation mark, then a question mark, and then an exclamation Now, you wouldn't get that past my editor. No, no. You, he would not handle an interrobang, would he? Your guy. <laughs> um, let's talk about that a little bit, because you do uh, literature. Yes, such. literature. You're, yes. You're, you're one of those people. You're, you're such a, a, an observer of human drama and the human nature, but with quite a keen interest on the sort of stereotypes and tropes of of film and storytelling and such. You you really you're good at skewering those stereotypes. Oh, I love I love to skew. I well, I'm, my background is I spent years trying to make films. So I went to film school and I learned to do animation and I did all sorts of stuff and and they just wouldn't have me in the film industry. So I gave up and became a comedian where the bar for entry is lower. <laughs> and it's frankly a, just a much easier job. Um, and then have um, managed to sort of sneakily parlay that into sort of making little sketches on the internet that sometimes do quite well, using all yeah. of the secret knowledge that um, that I tricked the government into paying for me to learn, because you could do that back in 2008. Sure, yeah. Because the financial crisis had only just happened and we didn't know how bad it was going to get. So there was money for that sort of thing. And other things that have come out of making little videos online include writing a two, so far, two whodunit books for, for kids. Montgomery Bonbon Murder yes. at the Museum came out this year. Yes. I don't have the, the name of the one before that was the book that came that's, out. That's the, the first, that's the first one. That's the first. Montgomery oh, right, so Bonbon Murder at the Museum is the first one that came out in February and the second one comes out in October this year. Can I ask the name of it? I'm, it is sorry. called Death of the Lighthouse. Yes, it is. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> is that not on the paper? That should be on the paper. It should and that is a failing of mine, Alistair. <laughs> You'll recognise Alistair from your television sets for such shows as Mock the Week. He also hosts a podcast called Loreman with James 
Shakeshaft, which is all about folklore, lawman. Yes, yes. lawman, yeah. yeah so it's, it's kind of a pun that you have to explain. The best kind of jokes I find are ones that need a couple of minutes of explanation. I get an extra massive laugh out of explaining the title of my Edinburgh Fringe show every year. It's great. <laughs> this is a bird. I get, that's a treat. That's the best joke in the show. Yeah, I, it was because you did quite well. And so, you're, you know, it, there was a lot of word about it and, it and it took me the whole fringe to sort of go, oh, yeah. yeah. It was veiled. It's got, it's got layers. As the Beckett King, the whole point of this uh, podcast is that Jenny Ryan's going to bring us a big and a small question. Now, we're not expected to have any prior knowledge about these questions whatsoever, but do you reckon you've got any areas at all? Before we recorded, you described yourself as somebody with no general knowledge or specific knowledge. I, uh, yeah, I, I don't have any general. A, I don't have line. general knowledge. Um, I can't do sports or history. I have no knowledge of... Um, <laughs> some people collect facts, right. num- numbers, dates, uh, specific things. I don't have any of that, but I do have... And this may be a bit the, the old middle class white guy vibes. Right. A general confidence that I do know the answer to most things <laughs> without having anything to back it well. up with. I promise you that works just as well on the show. You do seem to have a very, like, I imagine I'd survive pretty well at most time periods. You could send me back and forward in a time machine. I reckon you'd survive a very, very specific sliver of the past. You do sort of seem to inhabit <laughs> the spirit of a very specific... It's, uh, uh, to you might be the wrong word. I think when did the, whenever the Victorians sort of started inventing gadgets... That's where you yeah, get on steampunk, really well. The steampunk, the steampunk, steampunk era, the non-existent history. steampunk era, you do very well. Yeah, I, well, I con- conversely, I think that I fit in in pretty much any period of yeah. uh, certainly European history. You know, I could be uh, oh. capering in the background of uh, King Henry VIII could be all chewing on meat, and I could be a little jester <laughs> capering sure. in the corner. It's sweet that you cast yourself down there in the lowly yeah. fashion. Yeah, although I think you know he was ginger. And, oh, well, the- <laughs> and about 6'3", so we're similar. We're not talking about usurping historical figures, like showing up. <laughs> I could yeah. be Henry VIII. Yeah. There you go. Well, on that point, I think uh, it's probably a good time to bring in our special guest for this episode, Jenny Ryan. Here comes Jenny Ryan, coming in the room now. This is not the ident, but it might as well be. It's not. Jenny Ryan, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. How are you, Jenny Ryan? Are you all right? Great. I'm delighted to be here. It's lovely that you are here. Uh, Are you impressed that I wore your (laughs) T-shirt? I can't believe you still own that. That's astonishing. That's about a year. It probably was. You you appeared at my birthday mini bonanza. That was a wonderful affair. It was lovely. It was wonderful. And everybody who was there, when I this was all my friends and family turned up, I'd put on a little cabaret night. Every time I see one of the guests, like, that was such a great night. I can't believe I saw Jordan Gray before she went straight to Oh, that's very sweet. <laughs> that's really lovely. And the, yeah, all massive fans. Thank you. It was a wonderful time. As a working class comedian, I am outfitted by gifts that people give me off their merch. A hundred percent. I've got Alistair's shoes on right now. I've got a bit of everything. I've got a boater in my car. What he's got. Um, the two of you not met before, Alistair Beckett King, that's Jenny Ryan right there. No, no, I'm, right there. I'm so excited. Thank you for wearing a T-shirt with my face. Um, I don't know where you got that from, but... <laughs> It's a bit intimidating, actually. I would have thought we'd known each other through the uh, under underground brother sisterhood of of uh, gingers. redheads. Yeah, yeah. I'm weird. I haven't seen you at the meetings, but um... <laughs> I, I go incognito. <laughs> yeah, of course. You don't want all the chase fans coming up here. <laughs> uh, Jenny, Ryan, I'm gonna say some things now. They're about you, and they're written Ooh. down. If that's all right. Jenny is the second chaser to join us after Paul Sinner. Your mate Paul Sinner come in. I'm gonna ask you the same thing I asked Paul Sinner. Are you aware that? the word chaser has a dual meaning within <laughs> various different communities, certainly within my community. I definitely know that. I don't think the producers know that. Um, when they were trying to come up with my nickname, they wanted an animal-based nickname and their original idea was the cougar. 
Okay. Oh, so it would have been a cougar and a chaser. Right. Lovely. That's so sweet that those, yeah. Yeah. No, so think, innocent. I've got to be honest, I don't think Paul knew. No. <laughs> Which is sort of on brand, really. It's quite sweet. It's so, not going to come up on, on a tea time quiz show, let's be no, honest. No, I suppose not. According to Wikipedia, you chose Buffy the Vampire Slayer as your specialist subject when you appeared on Mastermind in 2006. Correct. Do you know anything about Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Alice Beckett King? I mean, do I look like I... <laughs> do I look like I don't know? Yes, I do. <laughs> really? The listener can't tell what I look like. I look like someone who has definitely seen Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Buffy the Vampire Slayer used to chuck out so many surprising. Like it, it, I think I think I'd know the show. And then there's like a demon what sings karaoke. Do you remember that? Oh yeah. What's his name? Do you remember? I don't know his name. You might tell me anything. Um, Singer Ron. I think that's in Angel. That's, it's an Angel, that's, but that's it's, uh, it's oh, Lorne well, Green. Lorne. 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 Yeah, the the host. Yeah, from, uh, he's an Angel. Yeah. Did you know that came out guessed, of nowhere? Did he guest in a late episode of Buffy? Oh, maybe. perhaps. There was there were a few crossovers in the last couple of seasons. No, I actually don't think he did. He was he was a really great character. I think he must be one of the last. Uh, there's an archetype in in comedy of a guy who is ostensibly a straight character, but the vibe of the character is totally is a, is a gay man. And this is because like when you were doing a comedy film in the 1950s, you couldn't have any gay characters. So it's like Adam's Rib. There's a she the the woman in it is sort of whisked off by her best friend, who's a extremely a Serbic pianist who makes jokes and is very camp. <laughs> and on a, on a level of script, he fancies her and is trying to seduce her. But, like, obviously, he's he's obviously gay. Yeah. And I guess everybody in Hollywood knows that and half the people watching know that, but the censors don't. It's sort of a chaser situation where the people who have to approve <laughs> them... And, and, and I guess, you know, with societal progress, that character has sort of... Yeah, for re- obvious reasons, hmm. you get less of that character. But I think Lorne... I think it, it's a tribute. Is perhaps the, yeah, it seems like really. a throwback. It's a, it's a reference mm. rather than actually being a, a, a closeted character. Yes. Boop, boop. I've started, so I'll finish. Um, in <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry, sorry. I'm, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I was trying to be funny. Sorry, I only have specific knowledge. I, I, I don't have any general knowledge. I can't believe how specific that got. I'm, I'm really impressed. That bodes well for this show, because Jenny's going to ask us some quite specific <laughs> questions. Um, Jenny also hosts uh, Fingers on Buzzers, the podcast with Lucy Porter, and you will be taking a show out of the box to the Edinburgh Fringe in August this year. Yeah. Is it not your first show? Because I've seen you up there a lot. Is it your first hour? It's, your first it's, hour? it's going, oh, your first hour. It's it's not really comedy. It's cabaret. It's sure. uh, it's it's general entertainment. What I've done is I've taken the questions that I get asked most most frequently when members of the public meet me, and I've mashed them into sort of my life story and stuck a lot of songs in the middle. There we go. It's it's me out of the box. You know, I'm out of the box. You should be in the box now. I'm out of the box. I'm out of the box. The box is TV. Is that right? Is the box of TV? Yes. Well, it was going to be, but we couldn't actually source a prop in time for the poster. Um, so I'm hoping people just get the inference. Okay, that's good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, that bodes well because it took me an entire month with your title and I got that one in just a few minutes. We're all, we're all learning. I've got, um, got a big cardboard phone box in my show and we found out this year it makes more fiscal sense to order one of those to every single venue of the tour than carry it around in the back of a slightly larger car. I'm learning things as I go along. There you go. It's quite sweet. I just leave a wake of sort of shoddily put together phone boxes in my wake. So, point of the podcast, Jenny Ryan, is that you're going to ask us one big and one small question, and myself and Alistair Beckett-King are going to attempt to provide and transplain you an answer knowing maybe nothing about it, although you got quite specific about it. I, got, I did get quite... That's going to be edited out, so don't... <laughs> I, I wouldn't call back to that, otherwise it'll make this a nightmare to edit. 
Jenny Ryan, would you like uh, to ask us a big question and we'll do our bloody best? It is very, it's a very big question is and it's it? it's more on the philosophy side oh, than the specifics. I'm stroking my beard. Yeah, there I, we I have go. a beard, listener, and yeah. um, I'm stroking I'll it. have one by five o'clock, so I should be stroking <laughs> it by then. Yeah, I'm doing my best. Mine sort of squeaks, yours makes a nice ruffle, mine's just like a balloon. <laughs> right, go on, Jenny Ryan. <laughs> is art necessary? Is art could necessary? We, could we have a society? Which had no art. Bloody hell! Wow. Would, would it, it. Would it be impossible to, be a, to live? A hard one. <laughs> simple old question like: Is art necessary? Yeah. Mm. I suppose that requires defining art as mm. well. I mean, what there what art really is? I thought it would be this podcast that finally got down to that. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Right, I, I'll ask you a question, Jenny Ryan. Why is it on your mind? Do you not like it or something? What's going on? <laughs> Do you, would you prefer a society very without defensive art? Yeah. Well, what's the defensive art. What's your problem with art, Jenny? It's just Why rub- do you hate it's art just so rubbish, much? Isn't it? It's rubbish. Yeah. It's just it's just stuff that people have done. Doesn't even do nothing, does it? No. It's not usable. No. It's not a utility. Are you a fan of art? I, I love art. I, I mean, the definition of art, things that people have created. Hmm. It's it's all art. I mean, some of it is terrible, but I kind of like terrible art. If we're talking visual arts, I even have a wall of questionable art in my home. One of the paintings is my GCSE art exam work Ooh. Um, oh that's so sweet yeah it's it? it's my tribute to picasso and it's so bad <laughs> <laughs> gosh i remember uh being in school for gcses and i never brought in the art supplies i was supposed to bring in nor the food supplies i was supposed to bring in for cooking so my meals were always just a fruit salad off other people's stuff i'd nicked and my art was always a collage of things i found on the table <laughs> so <laughs> the, the month-long process we we're supposed to do and i just show up with like a little lizard what very matisse if anything it's mm. sort of like that snail you know the matisse yep. the snail is just the squares cutouts. of paper yeah. Alistair, were you artistic? I can draw. I like to think of myself as belonging to the English, to the tradition of the English Gothic. Okay. Um, and what I mean by that is, I'm, I'm not bad with light and dark and outlines. Uh, mm. I've not got a good handle on colour, mm. uh, so I can't paint, but I can draw. So I think I could etch. Woodcut. I, I, you know, I'd, oh, I, I love a woodcut. <laughs> yeah. I love a German expressionist woodcut. Hi, Robert yes. Oh, what's that? What's that? Hot sticks on wood, isn't it? Oh, it's, it's, oh the way you burn into the fire. wood. Oh, I've yeah. seen it. Yeah. Yeah. Pyrography. Pyrography. I, with, with long hair, I would have thought that yeah, would be a, a hazard. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if I would, could survive or at least enjoy a society without the interdimensional ABK trailer, mm. the artwork. You are yourself a piece of art, yes. Alistair. So, I, yeah, I created an animated trailer. Yeah, animation is a hobby of mine. Yeah. So I, 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 I think you're right that surely art has to be, by definition, Unnecessary in a way, in the, the if, if it has oh, a utility, hello. if it has a function, is it art? That's so, ah. that's something, isn't it? A, a function beyond uh, enjoyment. So, so with it, without leisure time, people don't appreciate art, do they? Mm. If they don't have the leisure time to enjoy it. Is that is that true? But then, would they be efficient in the in the grind if they didn't have? Yeah, there'd be so none then, of them So then, art becomes necessary again, oh. but in and of itself, it's not a necessary thing. That is what it is. I think there's a test case for this, yeah. if I can be a bit nerdy. Oh, 100%. So, and I, I'm not going to get any of the facts right here. I'm, I have no memory <laughs> this is for these things. Yeah. This is a safe space. Let me just the... check my notes. That's not important. <laughs> that does not matter. So in the early 90s, you probably heard there was a, a big deal about people living in real poverty who, uh, who were living on less than a dollar a day because people worked out that if you lived in some of the poorest developing nations mm-hmm. to live, you needed about 370 American dollars a year which is like very little money, mm-hmm. um, which is roughly a dollar a day. So th- that became a sort of benchmark. So if you're below that, then you are, you know, that if, you, if you're making that amount of money, you're in extreme poverty. But if you're below that amount of money, you're, you're starving. 
And so there was a big effort to, well, let's develop things. Let's try to get the people who are earning less than a dollar a day on a dollar a day, because at least then everybody is able to fill their basket with food and uh, and... There's, you know, a huge campaign and, you know, poverty, absolute poverty has gone down. But there's a weird backlash against that, a weird criticism of it, because one of the it doesn't work in a way. There are two problems with it. One of them is once you get people up to a dollar a day, we sort of abandon them in, in a state of extreme poverty, but still with just enough, just about enough food to get by. But the other thing is, and I think this is really interesting, that if you give somebody a dollar, you know, people who are making a dollar a day, don't spend all that money on essentials, even though these are people in in extreme poverty who can, can who are barely getting by they still spend i think up to like 40 cents to the dollar on things that were not essential mm. luxuries entertainment you know whatever luxuries and entertainment are available i remember telling a friend that and they were like that's that's terrible you know like you've you sh- you've got to look after the essentials first and I, to me it sort of sings out it speaks of the inherent human dignity that even if people are starving even if people have just enough to get by the things that aren't essential somehow are essential it, mm-hmm. it, people still spend money on those things i feel like the, the the british version of it is oh they're they're putting their money on the the horse races or they're smoking and they're drinking the people on benefits TV they've got their widescreen yeah what have tories got against people seeing the edges of the shots <laughs> No, they all have to have old CRT. You screens. cannot buy a CRT. If you're on Universal Credit, <laughs> I buy that. the The ability to take a, back a tiny little bit of control. So that Remember was a that? Real, that was a really long, but I think correct answer. That's so the thing. It, it was is so, unnecessary, but yeah. I think it's also necessary. But in the edit, I don't know if any of that's going to make it. So. It will all make it. I'll tell you what. <laughs> traditionally, I would undercut the answer with something silly in a stupid <laughs> action, but it was so wonderfully articulated. I'm not even going to do that. Mm. Lean back. That's of course, of course, that's the answer, isn't it? In, in answer to the question, as a placeholder for now, Jimmy mm-hmm. Ryan, are you happy with the transformation that uh, is aren't necessary? It serves a, a basic human need, and without it, we'd all we'd be ants. We'd all be ants. I've added that bit in there at the end. We didn't, we've not discussed <laughs> I that I, bit. I don't think I mentioned we, ants. No. I, have, I have not signed off on the ants. <laughs> but thing. that's the thing. It's a collaborative medium. I've added that in at the end, just yeah. got that under the door. Jenny's happy with it. I think that's absolutely superb. I didn't think we'd come to a resolution quite so quickly. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> well, all right, I for told balance. You it was an easy one. For, for balance, though. Ah, oh, shit. Yeah. There you go. Right, discuss. <laughs> oh, maybe we don't need it because ants get on just fine. They, they, they farm aphids, don't they? Ants. Just yeah. for a laugh. Wait, you, wait, I've on. also seen the movie uh, Bugs Life. <laughs> and mm. That's a reflection of, of ant society. It's a weird And they, do, they wear like film. little hats yeah. and things. You know, they dress themselves up, they create things. Is that the communist one or is ants the communist one? Or are they both communist? I Bugs can't Life perhaps is more communist, isn't it? One of them has the line, the workers are in control of the means of production. But that's in that's the, the film. Ant. That's ants, isn't that's it? That's ants. Is it? Is yeah. It? Uh, what I will say is that was a film, right? Because imagine me being the one to point that out. Like, yes, they've got lovely little hats and such, but in real life, they, you're right, they do farm aphids. I don't think there's any particular flair or artistic merit to it. I think they just they sort of... They anthills, don't they? They're lovely anthills. Yeah. But okay, that's a, that's a good point. Could an anthill be any other shape? I know that doesn't sound like the question, but it's not really a design choice. It's sort of, it's designed, isn't it? Mm. Um, it's about convection and the flow of heat from one space to another. And that shape perfectly allows for a spiraling pattern for the air to cool before it hits the top so they don't all mm. boil alive in their own houses. Is that, is that, are these facts, are you just riffing? No, that's real. That's real. So this is, I, I see now why ants crept into the answer because you've, you've prepared, clearly prepared a lot of ant answers. <laughs> and the question no. so far haven't been about it. Well, the next show, it's just ants <laughs> for an hour. Imagine I've got the wrong, the wrong. <laughs> no, this, this is, I'm riffing, I'm riffing knowledge. That's what it is. 
there's none of this is pre-prepared, but it is pre-learned, learned knowledge, mm. things about ants. An ant hill is never a different shape than that. So there's no subjective artistic choice behind mm. the shape of an ant's house. What I think of as ants, why, the way I bring it up is because there's nothing superfluous in an ant's life. In a colony, there is. There's thousands of superfluous ants that can be squished or burned or mm. they can use each other as ropes. But to them, there's nothing in their life that's superfluous and they get on, they outnumber us 10 to 1. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like a locust it's, in Pixar's Bucks life. <laughs> it's true, but they don't have Tom Holland's umbrella routine. I've just checked my notes. Again. No, you're right. They don't. There you have, go. No, they don't have an ant version of that, no. <laughs> no. And I if had... they did, they'd be a lot. They'd be a lot happier. They'd be making very strange uh, ant... It wouldn't even be ant hills, would they? Ant... Fortresses, yeah, ant spirals, ant teepees, Lovely. that little mud teepees. That Tom Holland routine goes viral every now and then, and I rarely click play on videos, you know. So I'd only ever seen it autoplay in the first ten seconds where he's wearing a suit, and it was like conservatives hate this video, and I was kind of like, <laughs> well, I think I can. He's just wearing a tie, and I couldn't. I, and it was I, eventually after like a year of the, they're still outraged. I watched the whole thing. I was like, oh, that's what they're annoyed about. He takes it off. <laughs> I, honestly, I thought, do they hate singing in the rain? What is it that they are? What's the problem here? It's, it's, a, it's a... about communism again. <laughs> like the film Ants. It's such a joyful performance, isn't it? It's good for the soul, that that Tom Holland yeah. being. And I think that's art it's, has that crucial role of just soothing. Yeah. Even just briefly from the, the day-to-day grind. Yeah. Us, like us as worker ants have to suffer. That's it. So, uh, are, we, are we the workers? Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm happy with that. Yeah. It's unifying. I'm not sure I've ever actually <laughs> created value of any kind. Oh, come now. Come on now. We can get, I'll get you some videos up right now. It'd be unusual for an audio medium. But there's a proper funny one. He's so, he's so bloody funny. I was watching him on the way. I really like the, uh, the one where the, the adventurer showing up to the site of, of a relic and he's going to get it. And then the bad guy shows up and says, hand it over. This oh, yeah, I'll be it. taking that one. I'll be taking that one. And it's a, series of, it's a series of various other characters saying, no, hand it to me. No, hand it over to me. Hand it over to me. And they've all got their various reasons. It's just it's a, <laughs> a funny, it's a wonderful observation. You observe, you. You've observed very, observed very, very specific things. Shall we do a little foray into a number of listeners' questions and we'll provide transformations, quick-fire transformations. They don't have to be quick-fire. We can talk for as long as you like. We solved that other one pretty fast. Um, <laughs> sorry, I'm so sorry I didn't realise that the game was to not give the correct answer. <laughs> extremely efficient. No, that's the balance that I provide. I'll make it last longer than it's unnecessary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Time now for your 
listeners' questions where I deal with matters you want transplaining with the help from Alistair and Jenny. Sam Cummings from Leeds. What do we suppose is the best view in the world? Oh. oh. Are you not going to do it in the accent of the people? Oh, oh. Can, can we have it in a Leeds Sam, accent? Uh, you, <laughs> Good luck. Uh, well, you, you can't, but I'm going to try it. <laughs> yes. Sam Even Cummings. Better. Sam Commons from Leeds and that. <laughs> what just pause is best view in the world. Is that was that right? My dad's from Leeds and he listens to the show, so that's Oh wow. Wow. <laughs> wow. I, I really appreciated the int world. <laughs> int world? And I think the people of Yorkshire will appreciate it. Int world sounds like a failed television <laughs> system from the like company from the past. What's the best view in the world? There's probably a million answers for this, but what do you like looking at? I like looking in general. Do you, I, like, yeah. I, I like I like a cityscape. I like a, a country landscape. The best view I've ever experienced was uh, we went to Jordan. Not you, but the country. Was it not me? Was it? <laughs> <laughs> okay. um, I went with my mum. I was working. I was on a cruise ship. She'd always wanted to go to Petra. You know, the, if we're talking about yeah, yeah, yeah. adventurers getting relics, it's in Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. It's the edifice at the at the end where the, the Grail is held. Spoilers. From that 1989 movie. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what? Uh, and you have to walk through this sort of winding path, which is, you know, at, at some points it's about a metre across. It's been blown through the desert rock <gasps> right. over centuries, over millennia. And it's like a kilometre's walk. And at a certain point, the, the tour guide just went, stop. We went, what? Turn around. Okay. And, yeah. and he said, no, right, everybody put your back to this wall and... I'm going to count down and then you all take one step forward and then turn to your left. It sounds what, like what happened is you went into an ancient temple and he's given you instructions <laughs> on how to avoid booby so traps. So this was before we'd got to the temple. It was still in this tunnel thing. Yeah. And we all did it and we all gasped at the same time because there's this one beautiful view, this shot through this dark sort of tunnel into radiant rose-coloured light and then you see the outline of the, the temple Weirdly, it's not actually a building. It's just they've just carved the outside of a building into the rock. Oh, but it's still incredibly quite lazy. impressive. Yeah. It's, it is okay. a bit lazy. Be, so some of our see. buildings are three three dimensional. You can walk all around. Yeah. It was impressive enough. Imagine, mm, yeah. imagine yeah. if they had an interior. <laughs> <laughs> so that I think that's probably the the most breathtaking, Beautiful. literally wow. breathtaking. We all went, <gasps> yeah. and it was exactly and it was such a, imagined it. It was such a thin corridor that you all passed out because there's no air. So you see all the marbling and the sedimentary rocks of all the years yeah. in, in that winding thing, but all smooth yeah. because of the, oh, it's it's absolutely and there's you know little things along the way, little uh, grottos have been carved in and yeah, it's astonishing. And you think that's just what Petra is is just that one temple, but it's this enormous site over a few square miles that you can roam about and go into. You can wow. actually go into some places. They are I mean, they that's... do have interiors. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine if we found out that Ant Hills didn't have any interiors and it was all just flash. <laughs> and there's a tiny little perfectly cubic apartment where they would just live. Um, I mean, that's that's a view to beat. That is gonna, you ever I mean, seen I've a... not been there. I've been to the Margate Shell Grotto, which sounds very similar. Yeah. So I don't feel in any way inadequate. Um, <laughs> I don't know. For me, the, but the, the, the view that brings me most happiness is probably like a, a petrol station on the way home from a gig where you can get like one vegan item because I'm a vegan yeah. and you have to describe to the person, you know, the sad, yeah. angry, ang weirdly <laughs> aggressive. It's like, look, I'm not happy with the situation either, <laughs> but any sandwich won't do. It needs to be the vegan one and you can't hear me. So I'm just going to try and dance it at you. <laughs> but but when that when it comes through the little clunk, 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 like yeah. it's being 
given to someone in prison kind of draw. Yeah. That's it for me. The, That's your oh yes, like a, a falafel wrap from a from a Marks and Spencer from like <laughs> the future prison. Marks and Spencer's from Prison Planet. Wait, no, Prison Planet's that right wing YouTuber. <laughs> I was trying to do sci fi, but I accidentally did <laughs> veered towards the alt right. I mean, always my, the way. Uh, Paul Joseph Watson's face is my most beautiful sight. Well, I remember being about eight years old and I went to see, I don't think it was cats, I think it was a cheap ripoff. And I was just at the height that all the cats walked past in their leotards. And gender non-specific, I saw all their bums and in one wonderful sort of round <laughs> display. And it was a wonderful view. It was a lovely sight. I remember thinking about it all the time. Formative, that. Yeah, that, it was It was a formative. Was that an, it. an awakening moment? Yeah. Mm. And then cats. But it's the stripe. I remember the stripes. I remember the curvature of the stripes. That's the thing about it. If mm. there was no stripes, you wouldn't see the curvature of the, mm. yeah. of the muscles and such. As a, as a view. I don't know if it beats Petra. I think it's on par with a petrol station. It's got level. a similar emotional <laughs> response yeah, 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 yeah. for you, I think. <laughs> yeah. it probably, you wept. It probably goes yeah. petrol, petrol station falafel and, and then all the bums. Yeah, of, they're close, um, but it's close. Of yeah, some touring close. actors <laughs> in a rip-off of Cats. They're all there. They're all, they're all on their way home as well. There's a good chance that those two things will coincide, but you're unlikely to find a petrol station falafel in Petra. Mm, yeah, 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 yeah. So that's probably, yeah, probably that's the true. best one. <laughs> that's the winner. Rob, read or ride. Would it be viable to live in a house made of Lego? We do get some corkers on this show, don't we? Oh. Well, the worst thing is standing on Lego. Yeah. And you would always be standing on Lego. With, yeah, you were In unavoidable. a house made of Lego. Yeah. Okay, so we, we can amend it. Let's say... Carpeted. Is it, is it viable living in a carpeted Lego house? Carpet is good, yeah. I mean, Petra, it's all carved into the rock, right? So there's nothing. It, there's mm. no... The walls and the floor and everything's all made of the same thing. So you could say... Let's say it's Petra, so you've got a nice wooden stony floor, but then the house is made of Lego. Yeah, I'm not sure you could get to a second floor, but I think you you could probably build the uh, the outside of a Lego bungalow, the carapace of a house. I don't, I'm not a builder. Is that obvious? Um, <laughs> whatever, what's the outside? The skin of a house? What do you call it? <laughs> what's it called? Walls. <laughs> sure. I think it is, could, no, it's the skin of a house. The skin of, skin of I think you can make the house's skin out of Lego. Yes. <laughs> Pebble dash the skin of a Lego house. It's very specific. Yeah, a row of Lego, a little gap for insulation. I'm not a fool. Mm. And then another row of Lego, is and then the, some wallpaper, and is, you're ready to go. Is the insulation just thousands of loose little Lego heads? Yeah. Just the, that's just to hold the heat. That's all it is on the inside. That'd be a loud house. You wouldn't want to mm. bump into it. No. Also on a smooth surface, you'd need foundations, wouldn't you? They'd have to go deep into the earth. But it's Lego, so they just snap off, I suppose. The more I'm thinking about it, the more I think it's it's unviable unless you're willing to live in a very small house like a shack. Because mm. it, it's one of those things when you're building something out of Lego, the bigger it gets, you need to you need to basically have a, an architecture degree to <laughs> yeah. anywhere near it staying up. Lego so, Technics, Meccano. Yeah. But, but if it's like that. a Lego garden shed, perfect. There you go, Rob. So we could have a Lego lean-to. Yes. <laughs> Va- Val Miles, do animals get bored? Do animals bore? themselves or do we bore them do animals get bored yes they do. do they have you yeah. got animals yes i've got a cat and when she's under stimulated that's when she starts to act up a little bit mm. okay usually she's very chill she i mean sleeping is her main entertainment so she's very rarely bored <laughs> but they, they they say that that's if your cat is going out and entertaining themselves by bringing in birds and mice and things that's because they are bored and you're not playing with them enough oh, oh. so so just the cat right, your bored. cat gets bored <laughs> that's all we know so far that's all I've she doesn't done. she yeah. doesn't bring in many things actually she brought in a grasshopper last year but she's only small so. i love a grasshopper how, how big is the grasshopper in relation to the cat 
just lugging it in. Yeah. A really tiny cat. Yes. Yeah. Mm. I bet a, that grasshopper weren't bored. That grasshopper was. <laughs> she, well, no, they played together for a while, but he mm. didn't know there was an end game in sight. It was, yeah. it was a bit serial killery. Yeah, mm. but sort of blissful ignorance of that grasshopper. That's the best day of his little life. <laughs> that was wonderful. Uh, Alistair, do you, do you surround yourself with animals? I don't know I said the word own. We don't own our animals, do they? They're just with us. Yeah. We, we don't have any animals at the moment because the flat's too little. But um, I, do, I like cats. <laughs> Little Lego. But the thing you is, get a grasshopper? Well, <laughs> I could have a grasshopper, yeah. Just toy with it, yes. <laughs> Before putting it out of its misery, like your cat. Because um, being vegan, it's hard to justify because I'd have to, I have to buy meat for the cat and mm. I don't feel great about doing that. And you can't really feed them corn because they hate it. <laughs> that would People bother. try. Yeah. Oh, they get bored. I get bored of corn after a while. I, I am in a vegan, essentially. I do my, do my best. Bonus That's question. What's question. corn? What is it? What is it? I think it comes from mushrooms. Right. Or yeah. Scotland, I'm not sure. Yeah. <laughs> Either or. But I think or. both Scottish mushrooms. Yeah, okay, cool. Corn? Jenny, come, come it's first. It's reconstituted something or other, but it's 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 fungus based. Mm, I think so. Are we on board for the idea of I suppose it's a grey area for, for vegans, but bug food. What's the mm. word? For? We're very, we're very insect heavy today. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah the, the meal, bone, worm yeah. meal, yeah, protein, crickets and things. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it doesn't, doesn't. I have no visceral reaction to it. Mm. I think it's more, more moral. I've always thought of this is perhaps not the right time to say this. I think that bugs are sort of little soulless machines <laughs> and don't have the spark of innate milk of life within them, whereas other things do. Maybe that's me oversimplifying them. Sounds like mammalian supremacy <laughs> yeah, to me. I know, I know. They are just like little Lego Meccano machines that <laughs> well, I would I, eat. I, yeah, I've heard people say that they, they, they're not able to experience pain and so therefore yeah. we should just mush them up and eat them. And I think that might be true, but I do worry that there might be a sort of um, uh, emergent intelligence, like you, you're describing the ant colony. It may be the case that an individual ant isn't capable of experiencing it, but is it possible that a gestalt of ants are capable <laughs> Of experiencing pain, and that by eating them, we are attacking the Gestalt, and right. we're bound to end up in some kind of ironic Star Trek-like vengeance mm. situation See, where we realise that they had like feelings take, all along. Well, like like taking one of us out of the loop, out of society, it has a knock-on effect, doesn't it, with other people? Mm. It's not not pleasant. <sighs> I'd eat lab-grown meat. Yeah, yes, yeah. I would. What's it grown from? What's the derivative? Uh, meat. Other meat. Other meat. Other yeah. meat. Yeah. Yeah. So, so meat. we have to kill one cow. It's sort of... Uh, Cloning. Is it Omalas? Is that the name of the short story? One cow gets it in the neck and then after that we're, we're yeah. home and dry. You'd have no problem tucking into Dolly the sheep. You're like, oh, it's fine. <laughs> Why not? It was, yeah. a, it was a clone. There's a, there's a programme on Channel 4 which I haven't watched yet because I opened up the app last night. Greg Wallace and it's the the miracle meat, yeah, yeah. but the actual I would caption not eat Greg makes Wallace. it look like he is the miracle meat. <laughs> <laughs> it's so poor. Um, it's like, so, we, we, I mean, yeah. we could if we cloned Greg Wallace. Mm, there's good just, eating on Greg. Well, I, I think he's, the got, he's, he's got he's very, very muscular hench. now. Yeah, so, so it'd be quite quite protein dense, really. Mm. Not not much flavour because he's not marbled <laughs> with fat anymore. No, I think you'd probably want to smoke. You probably want to smoke it, Wallace. Yeah, yeah. that's a great. You probably want Greg Wallace jerky. Yeah, for, for you know, <laughs> if you're going on a trip. Mm. Who's his own partner on Master Chef? What's that guy? John Turo. Yeah, that's it. John yeah. Turo. Who John? John Turo. Oh, nice I heard John Turturro. Yeah. <laughs> we'll that would be a very chef. different show. Yeah, it's a it's a satire, isn't it? It's um that the Greg Wallace show. It's about. We're living in a cost of living crisis, and it's a documentary about eating human meat, as far as I understand. Oh, it. is but it? It's, it's played straight. It's not played for yeah. laughs. Uh, from a conversation I had this morning, it sort of skirts the line a bit. I'm not sure if people took mm. it seriously or not. Yeah. yeah, I'm not. I'm not averse to eating Greg Wallace. Yeah, or insects either. Or either. Yeah, but they are. Distinct. Maybe he isn't. They are distinct from yeah, from each other. 
He's a just alt of incense <laughs> formed into a man. Yeah, like like <laughs> there's that really obscure Spider-Man comic book called Spider's Man, and it's just a collection of spiders underneath the costume of Peter Parker, and they've got a, a unified intelligence. Yeah, it's, it's he, instead of being bitten by a radioactive spider, he fell into a pit of radioactive spiders, and his right. consciousness entered their consciousness. So he's just a, a human-shaped spiders, not spiders man. Spiders man. Yeah, I suppose that you could then you could have Spider Men. Which yeah. is the lots of little guys forming one spider. <laughs> Giant spider. One big spider made of loads of men. So that's a conspiracy that I didn't, I didn't expect us to uncover today that Greg Wallace <laughs> is actually a collection of ants. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Cole Ramsey from Edinburgh. What's the best cure for FOMO? Fear of missing out. What's the cure we, for it? No, we're not going to get that in an Edinburgh accent then. It's going to be Leeds again. <laughs> and it wasn't Leeds the first time. Cole Ramsey, I, I feel like you do these accents. That's why you're educated. Yeah, no, that's you why I'm <laughs> Can you please read the question in the oh, appropriate accent? Would well, you mind? Now the people of Edinburgh will be angry there. at me. Yeah. Uh, Cole Ramsey from Edinburgh says, what's the best cure for FOMO? That, oh. It was so wonderful that I, for a moment, suspended all disbelief and forgot that you I weren't. I thought Scottish. listening to BBC Radio <laughs> Scotland all of a sudden. I'm not even Scottish. I'm half Scottish. Yeah. Uh, people in Scotland will be like, oh, that's more like a Falkirk accent, you idiot. <laughs> Sorry. Your impression of Scottish people then was Dutch. <laughs> <laughs> yes, more like, more like a Falkirk accent. You claim to be Scottish, but not even. No idea, yeah. Don't know what that accent is. Um, what is the best cure for FOMO? I would argue that the best cure for FOMO is going to the thing that you're yeah. missing out on. Absolutely. <laughs> it cures it straight away. Absolutely. There's the hump you have to get over, yeah. which is the time you should have left for it. And if you can get past that by distracting yourself. Mm, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's what you mean. Honestly, I'm not going to the Edinburgh Fringe this year, so I'm kind of envious mm. of both of you for going, even though I, I, I do mostly enjoy it, but it's also kind of stressful and uh, it can be very unpleasant. And so... I, but I get intense. From, I get that feeling of um, being late for school, or like you're supposed, right. supposed to be revising for an exam. You know those. Mm. Every you know throughout August when I'm not there, I get that. Oh, am I meant to be somewhere? Yeah, absolutely. Shouldn't I be eating yeah. a baked potato at an ill-advised <laughs> time of the day? Shouldn't be trying to run up Nidri Street to get to something or other. <laughs> yeah, I, I spent most of it. I, I pulled very poorly made shoes that just had a flat bottom so I spent the whole time trying to create some sort of friction on the bottom of my shoes by rubbing it with various objects to create tread so I, that's what I remember mostly from it I mean I, I'm biased I had a wonderful Edinburgh Fringe so every time I go back now I do get a little sort of thing in my tummy I thought it's going to be really nice so you're going up there with a cabaret show would you like any advice from me and Anastasia Beckett King on what to do um, Is how do I stop obsessively checking <laughs> ticket sales oh well that is a good one do you, are you, do you sort of go in for that, Alistair? Do you, do you I like to know. I, when I was a kid, you know, when they, when they give you vaccination and stuff when you're a kid, when you get injected with something, or when mm. the doctor's about to, uh, the dentist is about to anaesthetise you, they're always like, don't look at the needle, because you know, yeah. presumably they have kids pass out. And I am uh, like, I'm sorry, if it's going, if it's going in me, I'm going to have a look. <laughs> I want to I see it that's go fair. in. That's great advice. Yeah. <laughs> that's fair advice. That's, that's my motto. Uh, so I want to I want to watch the yeah I want to see the the uh, the needle go in and I'm the same with ticket sales yeah. you know like producers and like promoters with things like no don't worry about it we we deal with that and it's like yeah but what if I need, knew all the information all the time and I knew whether I need to get out there and fly myself yeah and stuff. I'm trying to I'm trying to see what what moves the needle at all yes exactly and there is no science behind it no absolutely <laughs> I will I will yeah. ignore any promotion for three days and suddenly sell a group booking of 20 for a Wednesday. What's going on? And then, uh, I think, yeah, I'll try my yeah. best and well, nothing. I think the, one of the most annoying things about comedy is that there's little science behind it because you, you, you go, okay, well, that worked. Right, tick. And then the next time it doesn't. And you, 
you have to do it for so long to have a sense of what works and what doesn't work. Because when you're starting out, it, it's just impossible to try and work it out. You're just really winging it a lot. Well, and if a tactic is proved to work, maybe twice, which, I, which forms a pattern because it's happened twice, it will become common knowledge and therefore stop working because there's diminishing returns because yeah. everybody's doing it. It's the same as the television industry. You mm. go up there for, to the Edinburgh Television Festival and they give their keynotes and, and say a Channel 5 will come out and say, this is what we want this year. We we like dogs this year. Mm. So they'll get 5,000 pictures with dogs and they don't want them anymore. So it's, yeah. yeah there's... Well, we've already got a show about dogs now. Yeah. So <laughs> you got anything else? It's really like short-term thinking if they go up and they go, well, we are looking for a show about dogs. Let's tell 500 people that we want that. <laughs> See if it works. Best advice I ever got was to eat a bag of spinach every day at the Edinburgh Fringe. Actual oh, good practical wow. advice. Was yeah. this from a sailor man? It was from, <laughs> <laughs> it was from uh, the lovely Mr. Richard Wilson told me that. Oh, so yeah. effectively, he's a yeah. pop He's a pop out of comedy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Put, put that on your posters. <laughs> Smoke it. <laughs> Uh, Cole Ramsey, best cure for FOMO. Go there. Or if you've got FOGO, I guess fear of going out. Mm. Uh, I don't know. Well, you, I, I wouldn't know the two of you. I don't think I could read you well enough now to know if you're going out type people. I mean, you're both very sociable, fun people. But in your own time, do you like to be alone or do you like to be with other people? Um, I'm mostly solitary, I'd like say. Yeah, that, it, it takes a lot of energy for me to go to an event and spend time with a lot of people. So, yeah. I mean, even after this, I'm going to have to go and have a look. Yeah, I was annoyed down. about coming out for this, to be honest. Um, I, I'm... But you haven't missed out. That's a good point. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not, this will shock you, a party animal. <laughs> okay. Mm. okay. No, I, I hate to... The, I, the, the worst things for me at the Fringe and uh, uh, industry events and mm. that sort of thing where you, everyone has to yeah. go and you're supposed to schmooze and you have to talk to people and, oh, I hate all of that stuff. I, I have no fear of missing out on that. No. No, you know what are you missing, really? I I like being the ghost at the feast. It gives me so much <laughs> pleasure. So if people, right, so so many, after I had a wonderful fringe and towards the end I'm going to these things and I quite like sitting in the corner just being all wistful because I like the idea of people going around like, ah, oh, I wonder what she's thinking about. I'm not thinking about anything. I just like the idea of it. You sort of put on a pedestal for not doing anything. So we go talk to her. No, she's she needs some time. No, I don't. Uh, you just you people. What I do at these things is people watch more than actually engage with people. It was a, yeah. a, an industry party last week and all I did was wander around looking for the weirdest combination of people talking to each other and I got it down to deep in conversation for about half an hour, the actor David Morrissey and the antiques expert David Dickinson. <laughs> deep, <laughs> deep in conversation. I want to know what's going on there. But yeah, which one of them what, took what, the What I imagine... Yeah. Is much more interesting than probably what it was. <laughs> just two two Davids just comparing notes. David Club. <laughs> mm. David's only. It's any, no Dave's allowed. All Davids are welcome. <laughs> if you're not a David, keep walking. <laughs> well, if you want a question transplained, send an email to askjordan at off-script.co.uk. Alternatively, you might find it easier to pop your question down in the review section of Apple Podcasts when you leave us five stars. Jenny Ryan, tell you what would be a nice thing now to mm. do would be for you to drop a small question on me and Alistair Becky King and we'll try attempt to transplain a small question for you. It's sort of a, a moral dilemma issue. Is it worse? Your nails can't stay the same length. You, you've got to do something about them or they'll just grow exponentially. So is it worse? Okay. To, to... Exponentially? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's... Is that true? Yeah, yeah. It's true. Exponentially? Have you, not, have you not read the Guinness Book of Records? I don't, <laughs> un, unless there's some witchcraft going on, that's how it must work with the people with the big, long curve. Yeah. So I'd love mm. to know at what length it kicks into the... Yeah. The, what's the opposite of a radioactive half life? Like when I think it's, it's five double, foot and it's just and like then gone. it goes to wow. Yeah, yeah. and then you you die. <gasps> so the day before it fills half of the 
universe. <laughs> File it down. So it fills half the universe and then it fills the entire universe the next day. That's incredible. So the, I'm, I'm, I'm always worried about Confused. this. So I, I'm, a, I'm a nail biter mm-hmm. and, and I'm a nail chewer. I'm kind of grossed out by people who cut the nails and then the nails could fly anywhere. I think, even though it looks more disgusting directly, that I'm biting my nails. Right. Now, when you say chewing, are you talking about eating and swallowing mastication mm. oh right okay yeah. so you've used chewing yeah, I've, dispo- there I've disposed cover. of them using my own <laughs> stomach acid <laughs> oh so is the question is it better to eat them or throw oh, them away you need a special you know nail cutting area if you're mm. gonna chop them and have none of them fly away for someone else to discover at a later date which is yeah, that's a FOMO that we, I do not subscribe to. We are now moving, of course, into uh, an area known as the occult. Yes. I'm sure you're aware. And, and, and I think this is also yeah, why I'm concerned about my nails. and Your nail cuttings uh, and hair trimmings and those sorts of things, are uh, it's incredibly important for you to keep control of them if you don't want people casting spells yep. against you. Yeah, and they might put my nail clippings in an egg. And... Yep. Smash the egg, then you you'd be flat. That's a roundabout way of doing voodoo. Is that what they do? Is That's it eggshells? It, yeah, yes, you, you, need, you need parts of people to do spells against them. It's, it's not just it's not just in voodoo, but in, in most um, magical traditions. Right. I've I've fallen foul of this myself. Um, years ago, <laughs> I was I was I was walking in the street and a, and a woman came up to me and said, um, I, I I really like your hair. Now you, you, you're a redhead. Sometimes people compliment red hair, mm-hmm. but more, most of the time it's people in vans and they're less enthusiastic. <laughs> But sometimes it's a compliment. Yeah, just as emphatic, but not as yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. compelled. More, yeah, yeah. That's, that's a good way of saying it. Um, and she said, I really like your hair colour and I want to get my hair dyed that colour. Would you mind if I take a sample of the hair Ooh, okay. so I can show it to the to the hairdresser? And I said, well, yeah, but how are you going to, you know, it doesn't. I yeah. can't just give you it. And she said, oh, don't worry, I've seen you around before. So I, I, since then I've been carrying around a small pair of scissors and a little plastic bag, you know, like for... For I don't know uh, herbs or drugs yeah. or um, or snippings of a stranger's hair. Yeah. So she took a little, just a little cup, just an inch, just two two point five centimeters yeah. for for European listeners. And it curled straight up because well, that's what Pong. happens to curly hair. Yeah, right? yeah. It, went straight into it, it, yeah. T- it turned into a perfect little lock. Yeah, she yeah. popped it in a bag. Never saw her again. And I've lived in fear <laughs> of magical reprisals ever since. The social pressure made because you can't say no. You can't have any of my hair. There's but no rule book for that interaction. I, th- I think I think yeah. you can say no. Yeah, yeah. you should. I, should I think have. I think it's yeah. What if there's a benevolent twist to this tale? And what she done? <laughs> she took that lock and she put it in a little doll and she cast it among all of her little dolls and it's on stage every night. And it's oh, delivering little that's sweet. Performances. It, yet in a little magical th- paper theatre. Yeah. yeah. There you go. That's, that's nice. Making I mean, little we, wry we... observations about <laughs> films and stuff. It's great. Oh, I noticed something. What a sweet little doll. Yeah, that, I I hope that's what happened, and mm. you just didn't compromise your bodily autonomy for <laughs> <laughs> the whims of a stranger who probably didn't do yeah. anything about it, as if they went anywhere with it. Yeah, I mean, this is someone who saw my hair once and thought, "Better go home and get the scissors." So I think <laughs> I think she was a woman right. of action. No, you're right. Yeah. Actually, that's cloning. I suppose is the other possibility <clears throat> with the fingernails, with the mm. keratin, with the hair. Yes, it's got your DNA in it. Yeah. Anyone smart enough to, in my in my opinion, clone, manufacture a working clone. Could engineer a slightly smarter situation than walking up to you and asking for your hair with some scissors. That's yeah, sort of a, quite the Rube Goldberg situation. This is so many steps they put before just cloning you. They can get you material. We discussed before coming on air. You have a regime. 
I don't know if you describe it as a regime. A, a regime. You cut your hair occasionally. Ah, yes. <laughs> Sorry, I thought you meant like North Korea. So I don't think I have a regime. I just wanted to see whatever accents I could get out of you. Um, the, the end of your hair. I have not cut my hair in 11 years, and that does include trimming. These are the dead ends of a, a foot's worth of dead ends. But you. So your hair just stops. I don't know when mine stops. I tend to cut it um, when it gets too long, yeah. especially before the fringe because it's so hot, I cut it back. Yeah. But I still have it longish. Uh, but I don't know when it would stop. Does your hair stop naturally, Jenny? No. No, I, it would go on forever. Mm. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually getting it cut tomorrow. Exponentially it's, it's, as well. It, exp- <laughs> I've never let it get to, to the exponential point. In the time point. that we've been here, it's filling more and more of the recording space. It grows more outwards, though. <laughs> I don't know if you find that. <laughs> Just, yes. Yeah. When, I, when, I, yeah, when I started growing my hair out, it grew it, it grew like at a tangent, like a, 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 from my scalp out, mm. and then eventually gained enough weight that it fell. And now hangs like human hair. <laughs> I was I was promised that by my parents that it would eventually uh, hang under its own weight. I didn't believe them, but it was it was sideshow Bob for a few mm. years. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah you that's know. one of the things they shot at me out of Vans. Yeah, that's it. I got the same. I mean, you are that with that top as well. It's <laughs> very specific. But I had this. Yeah, I'm, I'm dressed as sideshow Bob, but I don't see why that. I don't see why. <laughs> well, I don't know why that me. would affect anything. Yeah. It didn't anything at all. Um, so in answer to the question, right? So better to eat them or chuck them away. I mean, for, you're right for mm. for mm. a cult. Purposes probably better to hold on to them. Yeah, in your stomach. I mean, that is really destroying. That's really evidence. getting rid of them. Yeah, yeah, destroying the evidence. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Anywhere that you've ever been. I don't know. I mean, it can't be good for you. I mean, you're thinking of other people, but yeah. Would you rather get a dicky tummy from a belly full of uh, what? What's it called? The stuff? Chitlin? Is it called chitlin? Because Ky- chitin, which chitin. I think is interesting. Chitlin is, the word. Chitlins are like chitlins um, is food. Yeah, it's it's like pig organs, isn't mm. it? Chitlins. Okay, different thing. Awful. Uh, yeah, I think it's. Thing. Yeah, I thought it was keratin. The same stuff. Keratin. As, it's same stuff yeah. as hair. So a tummy full horns, of isn't it? Yeah, yeah. That's it. Yeah. So a belly full of keratin. Or... I mean, my nails aren't that big. They're not going to fill, fill me up. <laughs> no, yeah. You just wait. Oh. Wait till the universe is suffocated <laughs> by your chitlins. <laughs> Um, who, who would win? If, right, so the day before your hair and nails <laughs> take over the universe, which one fills up that empty space? It's like the argument of, you know, two immovable objects, yeah. two unstoppable forces coming toe to toe. I mean, if, if climate ch- change starts getting too bad, we'll just I'll just keep it growing and we'll get to that point and then I'll put us all out of our misery. Yeah. yeah. I would quite like to live in a universe that was made up of both your hair. That'd be lovely. Yeah. Imagine the glow of the sort of, what's it called, the golden light, dawn of morning and we're going through those curls and every morning sort of this kaleidoscope. It's a beautiful view. Yeah, like when you see people open their door and it's just all view. snow outside, but it would just be ginger. <laughs> yeah. They'd have to be <laughs> digging their way out through. Oh, it gingered yeah. in the night. <laughs> That's, I mean, that that rivals Petra for me as a so, view yeah, when I open gorgeous. my door in the morning. When you wake up in winter and does it sort of glow from outside, mm. from snow, it would be like that, but orange. Yeah. Like we'd a... all be like in a Reggie Brick advert. It's just that orange glow. Cozy <laughs> and warm like... and lovely. Right, so I think, Jenny Ryan, uh, you just crack on if you want to eat your nails because it sounds like you're avoiding a terrible supernatural fate by yeah. doing so. Yeah, the, I don't the have question that hair you... dangling over me like you do. Mm, yeah, and it's not really a question of what you should do because it's quite obvious you're going to keep doing what you do do, whatever we say. Yeah, You should do do what you do. And don't do what, and don't don't do what do, you don't do. Don't do what you don't do. Don't do what you do. That's the best advice that anyone has ever given <laughs> on this show. So there you have it. Another exercise in transplaining. Thank you so much to Alistair and Jenny. Alistair's website is abeckettking.com for more info about what he's up to. His children's book is called Montgomery Bonbon, Murder at the Museum. And the new one that's coming out this year is called... Death of the Lighthouse. Death of the Lighthouse. Pre-order now. That's mandatory. You have to. Yeah, I've got that written down. 100% has to be the case. Be sure 
to check out Jenny's podcast, Fingers on Buzzers. She will also be at the Fringe with her show Out of the Box at the Gilded Balloon from the 19th to the 28th of August. Um, what I've read there is it says also implying that you will be there. You shall not be there, Alistair Becky. I will, I, will, I will be at the Edinburgh Book Festival uh, Yes, uh, for, okay. for, for one night, for one afternoon. Cause it's, it's for kids, so it's not in the night. They don't do it like 3am. Yeah. Not our core <laughs> listeners as well, children. But we can have their parents pass it on to them should yeah. they wish to attend. Um, I shall be there. I'll be up there with you. I'll be doing my, little, my silly little show about boobs and Batman. I mean, is there anything else that we would like to plug? Anything at all? Um, I mean, you're not obliged to. If that no, covers everything. I'm gonna I'm gonna plug uh, a cleaning hack, which is um, <laughs> okay. baking soda and um, hydrogen peroxide. Yeah. Because every time I googled how to get rid of X stain, it said this, and I can't find those things anywhere. Finally, I went on Amazon and I ordered those things. I was worried I was going to look like I was a bomb maker, but they came through. <laughs> and honestly, it cleans everything. <laughs> it's awesome. Bicarbonate of soda and it's hydrogen. Baking soda baking soda and hydrogen peroxide. Hydrogen peroxide. It sounds to me like one of those is doing more work than the other. Mm. The hydrogen peroxide does the cleaning, right? And the baking soda it's, makes it's it like nice a, and yeah, busy. Yeah, it's uh, oh, it a it chemical it. reaction. I've never done it with hydro, hydrogen peroxide, but baking soda, I don't know if it's just that it's slightly abrasive, yes. but it's really good for cleaning. Like, oh, you know, when you yeah. can't get tea stains out of an old mug... Mm. A bit of baking soda. Of course, they come straight back the next time you have a cup of tea. But yeah. for a for a brief shining moment, <laughs> all your stuff looks clean. Well, there we go. It's like ash, isn't it? Ash is very good at cleaning stuff. The material, not the not the person. Because um, <laughs> it's, it's so the, fine. The nineties band Ash. Yeah, very very they, cleanly they, band. That, yeah, it's... when they were in a hotel room afterwards, you're like, this is spotless. It's, it's like, like the Japanese national experience. football team. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, as Beck and King, is there anything that you'd like to? Uh, oh, oh. <laughs> I don't think I have any cleaning tips. Well, it's um, not your obligation to provide. Yeah, them just, just general advice. Uh, no, I don't think I've got anything. So okay. yeah, yeah, you know, you know, sign, subscribe to me on the old YouTube. I was going to say follow me on Twitter. It's not even called that now. I think we dead name it as much as we like. It's been doing that to us for a while. <laughs> if you have anything uh, that you want asked, email askjordan at off-script.co.uk or pop your question in the iTunes review section. Rate, review, subscribe to Transplaining and spread the word far and wide. Transplaining is an off-script production produced by Ben Backhouse and executive producer Louise Berry. Alistair Beckett-King, thank you so much for joining Thank us. you. You're so nice. We do a little accent on the way out. Jenny Ryan, thank you so much for joining us. You're very welcome. Right, what's a good accent to end on that we could say goodbye in? <laughs> Oh. oh dear! You know, oh you know, mine are bad. This I've set the bar low, so there's no, there's no bad, wrong answer. What should we say goodbye in? Well, I, where, where you where sound like you're from, from the northwest, Oldham, Bolton, Bolton, Bolton. Sorry, how does oh, how dare both, you? No, both northwest though? <laughs> so I was quite close. Is there a special way of saying goodbye in Boltonese? Goodbye, love. Ooh, was that right? Yeah, that, that was pretty good yeah, actually. Right. Oh, we found that. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.